Sometimes you look at a scene and be like, well, I'd have no idea what to do. What's going on at the Stables Theatre? Hello and welcome, I guess, to the Stables podcast. I am Daisy Russell, a cast member of Love and Information, a play that we are performing at the Stables Theatre from the 22nd to the 24th of June. I'm joined with two of our wonderful cast members. I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, hi, I'm Kieran Jones, and as Daisy said, cast member in Love and Information. Hi, I'm Vicente Diaz-Cevedo, and I'm also a cast member. Um, brilliant, so let's get started. How did you both get into acting? Um, well, I haven't actually been acting very long. I kind of got into acting in year 11, so that was, like, what, three years ago now? Oh, yeah, another um, thing to mention is that we're a very young cast. It is quite important to know. Your oldest is 21, 20? We'll go with 21. <laughs> <laughs> I started acting when I was 16. I just kind of, there was a school musical going on and I kind of got roped into it because I knew people who were already in it. And I've been interested in acting before because like my mum used to be in an Amjam group and my mm. uncle did as well. So I kind of got pulled into that and just fell in love with it from there, really. True. That's great. So for me, I've always really liked art. I started playing the violin when I was three. Oh, wow. And then from just. then on, I started just learning more. And I started acting when I was six at my school's drama club. And then from then on, I've just kept doing it. It's and you're fr- so you're from Chile? From Chile, yes. Was this all over and overseas? Yeah, all overseas and all in, in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, is it difficult to transition that into English? It's not that difficult, but at least for me, it's because I learned English when I was very young. So, yeah, yeah. I'm also a fluent English speaker. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do it. <laughs> it would yeah. be very helpful. In fact. <laughs> yeah. As a cast, a lot of us knew each other before. I mean, me and Kira knew each other. I think mm-hmm. you are familiar with all the people at college. Yeah, yeah, people. College people, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of us already knew each other, we're all mates, um, which has been really fun for the rehearsal process. How have you two found the rehe- rehearsal process for Love and Information? Um, well, yeah, as you say, kind of knowing everyone already has made it so much easier mm. and it's felt so much less like a, um, like a chore. Like mm. it, it's just felt kind of, you come together, you have fun with everyone. And also we have our director, Ross, as well, who's been great in kind of helping for sustain that Definitely. vibe to make it not feel like again that kind of chore or work or so it's just a place we come and have fun and I think because of that the quality has also really helped mm-hmm. benefit from that yeah and also because we are like already we knew each other it's a very like tight-knitted cast and so it's it's quite nice to to come here and meet with other people that are our age that also mm-hmm. enjoy acting and put a production that is also really really nice a really well written yeah play. yeah i think it's nice that we are all kind of young and there's not kind yeah. of a vast range in kind of ability or people there's no feeling someone looking down on you i don't yeah. think yeah i, I say that like being the second oldest but still i feel like it, us being so comfortable with each other straight away it meant we could really jump into scenes mm. i mean rehearsals are always a bit chaos you never know what to expect <laughs> we literally like come to the rehearsal and then we get told what scenes we're doing. The The play is a really strange concept, a collage of different scenes, none of them interlinked. There's over 100 characters, which like is that. a bit yeah. mad, very hard to learn. It, we arrive and then we're told what scenes we're doing, what characters we're playing, which is a lot of fun. And it's been it's a really fun. interesting, creative process. What do you guys think of the play in general? 
really interesting kind of almost like a fly on the wall experience you're looking in on someone like a voyeur on someone like you shouldn't be watching mm. and this is kind of that that turned up to 11 because it's just snippets with no context you just don't even see the whole story just this section of it that you get to be a part of and they're so kind of based in real life as well that it's mm-hmm. i don't know it's very kind of grounding i find the play like as crazy as it is i feel like it kind of grounds me in being human in yeah. a strange way i can't quite explain that but no, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And it's also quite interesting as an act, from an acting perspective because we get to multi-role a lot and we, we create different characters and so we change scenes quite a lot. So mm-hmm. that's also like a really interesting process to just uh, be playing a, a completely different character in every scene. Literally. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to also separate each scene. I mean, It is, yes. Yeah. All of the characters are very different, but you can definitely overlap yes. with some of them. You find yourself in a say, in like a scene with someone who you've already been in a scene with. Yeah. Sometimes you connect them as well. Like, um, for example, I've married to one of our other cast members in like <laughs> seven different scenes. So it's hard not to connect in my head, even though they have no relation to each yeah. other. And it's written so beautifully. Carol Churchill does an amazing oh, job. She often does things, she writes things where... It's they written go... in a very kind of naturalistic yeah. way of talking and you kind of have to and... yeah you pick up and like, it's not written into the script you have to learn that yeah. yourself sometimes you look at a scene and be like well, I have no idea what to do exactly yeah I mean and it's crazy because you can put I mean we had a scene um, a couple of weeks ago and we uh, placed it in a cult like uh, situation <laughs> and a girl was being like what is it indoctrinated into yes, this yeah. cult um, our directors had decided he didn't like it, and instead <laughs> we placed it um, outside of a nightclub, which is a completely different situation, but it's what you can do because there's no stage directions, there's no um, kind of... Set character. Yeah, there's yeah. no information in what we can actually do with it. We make it up ourselves, we create our own information and love, love yeah. and wow. information. <laughs> what a nice way to round that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Freya, Daisy, which is myself, Vincente, Kane, Evie, Liam, Arthur and Kieran, who are our wonderful cast members of Love and Information. And I'm also also joined by our wonderful director, Mr. Ross. Everyone say hello. Hello. Oh, isn't that sweet? Hello to Ross or to the podcast? <laughs> to the podcast. Oh, hi. Do you know, do you Thank know you. Um, I don't know. Ross. That to me. <laughs> right, there's a lot of us here, so we've we'll, we got to get cracking. So, guys, what do we think of the play? It's a weird one, isn't it? It's, it's not naturalistic at all. It's a bit, it's a, a, a culmination of, of everything and anything, really, and of, of love and information. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys think, Liam? What I think about it, it's very interesting because the way that the play is written is that it's not like person A says this, person B says this. It's sort of just a long list of, mm. of not words, but lines, and you can either allocate it to a, a, a duologue or with three people. And it's interesting that basically the way that the direction has worked is we're not immediately told, you have to do this. We sort of go off in our groups and then you, you work on a scene and, and you add your own context to it. So I like the creativity behind it and how you can sort of, it can be anything. And if you were to see other produ- versions of this production, it would be completely different. Mm. It's like that one scene um, we did, well, initially it's quite a big group where it was like, oh, we're in a cult and, oh, yeah. and, and we are, we are inducting you into this cult. 
and then our director Ross was like, no, I don't like it. So now we are outside a nightclub and, yeah. and there was a part of this just been going on. Like you can literally take a scene and then make it how you want. You can change it into whatever, um, which I think is quite cool. How about you, sir, Mr. Ross? Well, uh, I, I think to lead on, on those two things, the way the, the play is structured is that it has no circumstances mm. to the text. So part of the, the task for us as a company making it is to invent those circumstances to make the text work, which is why, as Liam was saying, um, there are infinite ways of which you could stage every single scene. Um, of course, the challenge of that is, is making sure that you're still creating in each individual scene that we have in this play um, an, a, an interesting story in each episode, which is the challenge, because anything can also be boring, so you have to try and turn that into something that's specific and can motivate an audience to, to kind of go through it and be entertained by that. Also, at the same time, because the play in its title says about information, it is a play on um, what the audience know and don't know and how that can be used to create drama. Mm. So I think ambiguity is also a really interesting dramatic tool in this uh, piece, um, which is something that I think we're doing very uh, quite a lot in, a, in an interesting way throughout throughout the play. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, I'm trying my best. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, won't we? Like, will anyone? Who knows? Um, but I also think, as you said at the beginning, Daisy, what, that one of the hardest things about this play is describing it, mm -hmm. describe it to an audience, because it is a play about everything. Mm. Um, it's, like, it's like ink blot sort of stories. They all appear and they all bleed into each. Uh, sorry, it's, it's sort of like ink blots where they sort of <laughs> they, they appear and they and they bleed into each other and they they cross over and they make different colours and and then they just fade like out. a kaleidoscope. Bish yeah. bash bash. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find whenever I, whenever I am trying to talk to people about this play, the only way I can get through it is to. Uh, talk about it in layers and decide and just kind of go through each one because mm -hmm. and also some of those layers become more interesting to me at different points in the play and it, it, that's the only way to really go through it mm -hmm. and we use that analogy of kaleidoscope which i think is a, a if as far as an audience coming in it is a kaleidoscope of scenes uh, and that's kind of what to look forward yeah, to it's, mm -hmm. like, it's like everything that you will ever see in your peripheral right in front of you yeah mm -hmm. i think it's also really helpful that i mean a lot of us knew each other before we actually started like some of you went to college together some of us have done plays together we've been to school together um and i feel like that's really helped with just chemistry and like getting a, a comfortable bond quite quickly mm. you might we none of us knew ross <laughs> thank god no. um well you know plays do that don't they it brings bring people together really yeah. quickly just doing doing scenes i mean one of the major challenges of this play i think is is getting all the scenes done yeah. <laughs> you know, you could very easily have a kind of process where you kind of I mean, um, how explore, many characters are there? oh, like 150 or something. Um, but there is the practical challenge of getting loads and loads of scenes done in a short amount of time, um, which I think we've done really well. You know, we have an excellent chance with this piece, I think, to uh, do something really, really interesting um, because we did that very fast. Yeah. Um, things were up on our feet straight away, making making scenes happen and. And now we're into that bit where we're trying to piece them together as a yeah, whole. Putting it on a stage, putting it in the actual theatre. What do you think is the hidden meaning of the play, though? Because you seem to think that, well, you've hinted at stuff like finding love in a world of information. And well, this goes back to my point I was making earlier about layers, right? So yeah. I, th I think there's, there's one layer of this play, which is that it is about lots of different scenes living together, like loads of... In 
scenes that are not connected in one sort of showcase of, of scenes. So in that layer, you've got to make sure that every single micro scene that happens has a really concrete idea and is interesting mm. and dramatic. And I think many audiences will enjoy it just for purely that level of seeing good acting, good storytelling happening um, lots of times. You know, there's that layer. The next layer, as you're talking about, uh, it's in the title. It's uh, about love and information. Mm. I think it, that's a very simplistic way of kind of getting your head around it. What is the hidden meaning of that? Well, I, I think there, there's an interplay between love and information. So the scenes are about where love is missing. Like, imagine, imagine uh, the scenes where there is no love are pretty depressing. Yeah, you were talking about, like, sort of connection and disconnection earlier, earlier yeah. today. And how, that, and, how, and how that makes those two themes. Because it's all about the lack and inclusion of information in a moment and will be lack and inclusion of love in that moment as well. Yeah, and, that, and again, that brings on to the next layer. So you could say that there's a kind of commentary on like the information age that we currently live in and how love sense. is trying to survive within that. But also there's other layers to that. You, information happens like now in the exchange of words and language. So it, there's always been an interplay between love and information as soon as humans started speaking. So mm-hmm. it, it goes back to a primal level as well as the information age as well. So, and all of those things are kind of spinning together within one play all of the time. It's just such um, an abstract play. You can kind of extrapolate, extrapolate any meaning you want from yeah. it, can't you? Like, I mean, we've discussed before about it being quite, almost like an absurdist kind of play, where kind of every scene is almost like just something you would see in your normal life, but because it's on the stage and you're kind of, from the audience perspective, viewing it, you kind of notice just how strange it all is. Like, kind of, as you said, about being in a nightclub, like the scene kind of, if you're in the moment, it doesn't feel strange, but being an outsider watching it, you realise how strange all these kind of moments in our life are. And it was that kind of absurd mm. if you were to Well, you made, you made, an ob- I remember you, Kieran, made an observation about this play that blew my mind the last time we were rehearsing, which um, was about, um, we, we did one scene where there were two characters that wanted to leave each other's company, but didn't. And I think you made this ob- observation about how... How it starts and ended in the same, same place. And achieve nothing the whole scene, yeah. which made it kind of pointless. And, and, and I yeah. think that's a, that makes a wider comment about the information age and a, a lot of these things that happen. It's like no one ever leaves or goes anywhere. Yeah. Is it pointless? Um, yeah, there, there is a nihilism. I think in every scene there is sort of a question to be asked and there's a question to be answered, but do we ever really reach the answer? And if you're going into the information age kind of part of that, it's like we're living in a world that is propelling us forward, like with space travel and AI and communication and all these things about the way that we live now, but actually people are staying at home a lot longer and people aren't really going anywhere. Yeah. And is anything actually really moving forward? And, that, and I, when I look at it in that way, I get slightly scared and depressed about the play. <laughs> and the kaleidoscope starts to feel like a vacuum of which I'm falling yeah. through. We're, we're always um, told we're going forward so quickly and we're making so many innovations in technology and everything. We're always told we're going forward but but actually we're just going round and round and round and round and that's yeah. what and that's what this play does you know that yeah. that's the sort of like depressed side of me i think that probably would um look at the play in that way the other way of looking at it is that love starts to win that mm. there, there are scenes here where people are, aren't living in a cir- circumstance but there are moments of connection moments where people find each other like and they they really stand out and they're um you know and this goes back to what you're saying anyone who looks at this play We'll look at it in a different way, That's which is why it's it, genius right? because yeah. it's like the <laughs> I mean, audience will use their own interpretation <laughs> yeah, of information to find like it's, it's great. I mean, yeah. this is your third time directing it, 
yeah, yeah. I did this. I've done it. Yes, I've done it twice before. So I did it once with a youth theatre uh, in Brighton. Um, and, uh, and I'll be honest, the reason I did it at the youth theatre is because it's very useful um, because none of the scenes connect. It's actually very useful to rehearse because yeah. as we had in our first few weeks when you arrive, there's a scene and you can work that way. And, but that was a really, really great production, much like ours, in different ways. And then I did it, um, directed it at a drama school, so with actors in training, about two years ago. Mm. This is the first time that I've tried to do all of it. Okay. So the, the youth theatre version I did was 40 minutes to an hour long. The drama school version was a little bit over that, but didn't have an interval. This one's the full shebang. Oh. Um, so this is the first time I've sat an audience from all of it, which is changing a lot of how, like, the kind of decisions that, that we're making to try mm-hmm. and... Should I keep engaged? Keep going or yeah. not? Because the thing I have learned about this play, and I probably shouldn't say this publicly in a podcast, is it, it does really annoy some audience members. Like, yeah. it drive them mad. So you've got to keep engaging, keep it going. Well, because there's no story, and it just like, you know, there, there, yeah, there is no overarching it. So you're trying to think, more oh, what we do. So, like, I, I remember the pre- I saw the premiere at the Royal Court, and, like, people were tearing their hair out. <laughs> um, personally, I thought that was really interesting. I really yeah. that. That, that. That to me is dramatic. Boring, was I can't in, deal was, with. So was this Annoyed, I can. In 2015, you saw it? When it was 20? Uh, no, it was, no, it was 2011, 2012. If this play was performed in a context that is not back in 2011, 2012, then it could make quite a good commentary on the pandemic and how that. I know that's, oh. I know that's a completely different perspective on it, but. Yeah, but again, that's kind of going back to it can. You yeah. extrapolate any kind you of meaning you want from it. You can extrapolate anything. It's just kind of like a timeless piece. You have that subtle commentary on anything. Well, I mean, take the scene virtual, which is a scene about um, someone who's fallen in love with a form of AI. In 2012, there wasn't even an Alexa. That was quite a sort of space odyssey, 2001, like, wall future, what could happen. Are, and and here we are, relevant. and there's been films about it, and, and how much should we have AI now where you could legitimately fall in love with someone? Okay, Google, give yeah. me a hug. Yeah. Let's finish the podcast off. If everyone can think, um, what's your favourite line? Let's see how fast oh, we can get. I think mine is, kill my mother. Vincente? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I don't know. I think there's so many really good moments, but the one that springs to mind right now, it's in virtual, actually, when it's, uh, she's just information. And so what are you if you're not? <clears throat> Crocodile pincushion. Thank you, Kay. You're welcome. Oh. Arthur? Saying she's no different from a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have liked a day out in Brighton. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Yes, in my toes. Will you stop now? (laughs) And Kieran? Um, There's one where it's like, I'm sorry, and we've made a meaning that means it's my favourite line. It's a bit boring, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Ross. Uh, Do you love me? Do you love... Oh. I'm sorry, I forgot Freya. Uh, He drops the bird in a bucket and takes the head and peels back the skin and cuts around the skull and there's the brain. Oh, God, loud. I used that one in my Instagram post. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Goodbye. find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search for Stables Theatre Hastings. 
Then, if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review. And that way you'll be helping other people find our growing catalogue of podcasts. If you'd like to book tickets for this or any other show at the Stables, then go to stablestheatre.co.uk or call the box office on 01424 423 221.